media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. So much happening in the world, certainly when it comes to um, marketing, advertising, as we get into 2017, I think the whole world expects. So what should we expect with regard to brand and the approach to marketing? And you've heard interesting things, I think, uh, in terms of what Mike Byron said about video, but that's just one aspect. The fact is, overall, what should brands be doing? So Shireen Jaft has done many things, first from worked at the SABC, then uh, worked at Standard, uh, on the Standard Bank campaigns extensively, but now is the integrated media specialist at uh, Kahiso Media. So Shireen, good chatting to you. Hi. Hi, Asherah. Good. Thanks for your time. Now, I know you put a piece together at uh, what, which was on the Biz, Biz Community website, right? Yes. Um, it is Biz Trends 2017. So hashtag Biz yeah. Trends 2017. But okay, having yeah. said that, we've got first the knowledge of picking your brain. Uh, so how should brands then approach their marketing in 2017? So, um, Ashraf, as you know, I mean, I work a lot on the ground or the factory floor, as we call it. Mm -hmm. There were five things over the past year that um, sort of tickled my fancy that I thought would impact um, a lot of media planners and um, advertising agencies. One, obviously, is the operating models between marketers and the agencies and how they address um, the accelerated consumer. Maybe what we should do, you you say you've got five things, right? Yeah. Let's start with the first one, right, and then we'll talk through it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, in terms of the first point, the operating models, a lot of the time they say, think out of the box, Mm. and I always wonder, what is the box? The other uh, terminology that I really, really get or really gets to me is that 360-degree type of holistic solution, and I always wonder what does that mean what does 360 mean in a, in a in a bigger scheme of things um i think where we are is there is no mold um, uh, digital is transforming the uh, media industry uh, but we're not transforming at the rate um of the required rate that we need to keep up with the accelerated okay consumer. because because your point is when you say there's no mold what you're saying is there is no there's no absolute template. Is that correct? There's no so there's no obvious way of... Like, if, if, if this was a show and we say, you only ever start a show by saying good morning, you're saying, in fact, there is no mode. You can do whatever. You can do whatever. I mean, you sit here, you talk about... Um, you say that this is a marketing show and you talk about media. But how vast has media actually grown? Um, you talk about print now. You talk about radio. You talk about television. They were linear prescriptive channels. Now you've got digital... Uh, d- digital non-linear, mm. you've got mm. subscription in non-linear, you've got um, uh, e-sport, you've got uh, social media environments. Um, I think it's just exploded in where we're sitting. And it is a bit of a shockwave for many mad um, ad agencies. Well, maybe mad ad agencies. <laughs> maybe mad, not not mad. Yeah. So, so, so in terms of then understanding that, that there is no mold, so, so what does that then mean for them? And certainly when people like them engage with people like yourself, for example, as you know, brand specialists and, and, and people who understand media, what should they be doing? I think, I think leave the measuring tools. I think forego measuring tools. I think I, I know that um, from a Kahiso uh, media perspective, we looked at um, and we played quite an integral part in the new BRC release. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and when the release came out, a lot of media agencies started hyperventilating because marketers want to they want the high reach and they want to draw broad awareness. And I always say broad awareness is like throwing a fish rod in the ocean and hope one fish can bite. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the BRC, what it did was it was 
just as media tools need to transform, um, it's transformation away from the old analytics. And all they did was they sort of... Um, Asserted, asserted the type of data that they have aligned to essay stats at the moment. So uh, bringing it on par with the right demographic. But, but, but you are saying, almost saying leave, leave the measurement tools. Is that right? Are you saying that, that when people say, uh, we've created a campaign, I want to see the deliverables, you're almost saying that the measurement of the deliverables don't matter. Is that, is that, are we saying the same thing there? No. So I say there's a con- combination of deliverables. Now when you look at media campaigns and you look at where the measurability is coming from to build efficacy, um, efficacy sorry, mm-hmm. you have to look at one did the, uh, what is uh, the desired outcome from receptivity? How did I build the narrative to get to a desired outcome? So measuring tools or setting KPIs come from um, how many people viewed content. Mm-hmm. Now I think a lot of agencies are still stuck on how many people actually um, liked the video. But like doesn't necessarily mean I've converted it into a sale, and that's what the client okay, wants. Okay, so you're saying view alone is nice and like is nice, but it's not enough. Well, how, how then would you then measure? So and do you in fact still need to measure? Um, I think it's important to measure because marketers will have to obviously um, um, justify their spend. Um, but there are a number of things that one can measure off. There's face-to-face interaction. There's the viewer engagement. There's um, uh, a lot of things that um, you can use. That you can uh, social media insights, for instance. I mean, if you look at just comments, you know, how do you drive your marketing communication around the comments that people actually leave on those social media platforms? And taking that insights and drive it into your communication is another thing or another tool that you can use yeah, as measurability. And that all falls under what operating models that one needs to understand. It is about operating mm. models. And I also feel like um, as agencies and marketers, we need to get a little bit more closer to consumers. I think we sit in a little bubble in a box and we use tools and we assume we can. Or everything is about assumption. But assumption is not realism, and it's time that we kind of take off our hats and actually walk the walk. Yeah, good point. What, what, what else is there? I mean, so, so that's the one issue. The, the others, we'll just rush through them too? Well, I think we kind of covered you've quite covered, you've <laughs> overlapped, yeah, yeah. I've but, overlapped. Well, I, I get that, but, but so having said that, so, so right now there's, there's, there's a brand, uh, you know, brand manager listening to the show, there's a... Uh, small business owner listening, someone who's in a startup, everybody's trying certain things. What what are the key takeouts they need to do then as they they approach their own marketing campaigns for for 2017? I think think in the early um, 1990s when I came into advertising or fell into it, um, we all worked under a one sort of one shop where marketers had their PR, their creative, their media agent, um, media buying, everything under one house. Um, late in the 90s, early 2000s, that was broken up where you'd have a buying transactional hub, a buying agency, a strategy agency, a creative agency. Um, what, what the call is right now for 2017 or the trend would be is connection strategy because over the last years, by um, segmenting or breaking up that type of um, uh, 
services or offerings that you need, it's kind of build all your marketing narratives in isolation. And I think, you know, people are authenticity seekers, so they can see that. Mm. A brand manager is trying to kind of um, juggle all these pieces together with different agencies, trying to make it look like a holistic picture on the outside. But you can obviously see that, you know, there are... Um, uh, pitfalls in it. So in terms of migration is there's a call for connection strategies. How do you pull a digital strategy together, a media implementation strategy, your comm strategy, your brand strategy, and create a holistic, integrated strategy? But uh, is, isn't that the question that I think is going to give people a headache just listening to that, but it's an important question. So how do you then pull that together? It comes with skill, and I think skill transfer is another thing that we have to talk about. Um, it does come with um, diversifying skill because I think the last time that I spoke to you when I was um, one of the lead strategists from Standard Bank and pioneering mm. the content, I spoke about having advertising, understanding of advertising and strategy, but also the skill and, un and understanding of how on-air works and the production around on-air because production is coming to the forefront um, I, and we can see that with branded content. Yeah. What, what about innovation um, now? When we spoke before, uh, we spoke at length about product placement, and I think that was an important space that you were involved in. I presume you may do the same thing. But not so much the innovation in terms of the creativity about how an ad, for example, is made. That's, that's a different debate. Yeah. But, but innovation in terms of the type of channels that are being used and, and how the message is being taken to the public. I mean, yeah. what are your thoughts about the type of platforms one should be using? Yeah. So um, I think one of the campaigns that really stuck off, uh, stood out for me um, that I found very exciting and is also aligned to when I was at MIPCOM last year, the trend, which is virtual reality. We all scream VR, VR, mm, VR, mm. but how do you use it effectively? And then comes the... Um, the challenges of how to use influencers effectively because you now have to um, legally have to say, you know, whether the campaign is a pro uh, the influencer is promoting a product or not on their social do, sites. Do you have to say that? Yeah. But who makes that, that, that claimer? So um, that that was uh, uh, placed in it. It's it's legislative now in the in the UK, so they have to do that, um, and 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 that does start ring fencing marketers' experiences because people obviously build on trust and word of mouth. So one one campaign that stood out for me was the reboxing, which is the Pokemon era, and I go back to Absolutely. it. I think we mm. over and above that, mm. but it was done so smartly where they used Pokemon, ignited the old forty-year-old uh, viewer who then in became the indirect influencer because what he did was he kind of or they kind of grew new audiences and younger audiences. So indirectly, it had a ripple effect into growing into that millennial uh, phase. And and. Some may say it's been forgotten. I mean, at that stage, it, it sort of created a whole new audience. Did it convert into money? Um, it did convert into money because, one, um, it grew into a new audience. So there's new use of data. There's new d views. There's, you know, there was gamification that got pulled into it. So, yeah, I mm. think they made lots of and money. And in the South African scenarios, I mean, are there are they campaigns um, or, or, or creativity that, that you are so impressed with that, that you want to bring up? I think there are quite a few, but um, um, I am I'm yet to find a tangible case study that is convincing enough to say this campaign actually worked. Um, the other thing that I find with marketers is if if we're all sitting on this cusp of um, 
we're not sure exactly where we're going, but we're here and we, we're taking it one step at a time. I think one of the things that we should do if we want to lead is by sharing type of insights like that with everybody else. Let me go, Jack, and maybe this is the last thought to, to that, the points about the channels. Having had experience of working on television programs from within the SABC and then on the outside, so working on the out of brands, right? What are the white channels that still work? So, you know, radio, TV, social media, YouTube, people are throwing different things together. We're all getting very confused. So, as South Africa, we know that we still have data challenges, and that's a big barrier for marketers, um, the, the, the cost of data. Um, we also have language barriers. Um, so, the use of, of data or smartphone, yes, we might sit at 2.5 per household or per person in terms of smartphone because it's obviously been watered down from one contract to the other into the family home. Um, it's still a big challenge. In South Africa, I find that what will still be important for us is to leap from linear into nonlinear environments. Um, one, linear still creates impact, um, and that's how you navigate people into the digital journey of nonlinear. And just explain what does that mean? L- linear is in straightforward means what? So linear means that it's still above the line channels. It is still about television. It is still about um, radio print um, environments because that's where you capture people. I think how you use linear now becomes more important because it is a fragmented and cluttered environment, and so will digital. And digital is becoming that mm. that platform as well. The, the, the last thought, the, the level of integration, which almost picks up from, from the work that you do in terms of your own title, right? Uh, how important is that? So, so you may have a, a product uh, that's branded in its, in its primary sort, let's say on television, or, or even it could be a sports event, for example, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm just thinking of the, of the Sunfall uh, cricket uh, series where they're sponsoring the South African cricket team and the series and mm-hmm. how they're getting people to actually wear their different type of clothing. Yesterday they did that at a very short-lived uh, mm-hmm. test match, right? So, so you, you have one platform and then it extends. Does that need to happen? Um, a lot of brands do that for expansion because the market is fragment, uh, fragmented. Um, what they do is obviously create different touch points. So they try and tap into consumer emotion. What is it that's going to drive that consumer that's able to build cognitive memory so that you can remember my brand? And, and, and is that the way to go? I mean, should one do that? So you have primary source and then you have these additional touch points. Is, is that the right thing to do? Um, There are pros and cons to it. I mean, you can use one print article and and, and expand that into a digital environment and create brand content. Um, I think one of the things that I did speak to you about was everybody has got this perception that branded content only comes off uh, television series or um, short-form videos comes from uh, influencers. Mm. But you can use any environment to create that. And expansions are important because... An accelerated uh, consumer is on the go all the time. You're never going to find them in one lifestyle environment sitting there and watching television 24 sitting hours. Sitting in completely bored. It's exactly. a contradiction. Absolutely. All right. One, one final point you may want to bring up, Shereen. So one fi- final uh, point I'd like to bring up, um, obviously, is the connection strategy. Um, one of the content trends is that we're moving into the era of connect uh, uh, togetherness. So you'll find a lot of... Um, um, uh, dating programs coming to mm-hmm. the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, the, the married at first sight and those type of content that are coming. The other interesting thing that at MIPCOM was the 24-minute short format is falling away. Um, we're either going into much shorter environment uh, videos or longer format, which is an hour-long program. Um, 
and then also I think from a, distribu- a distribution subscription environment is uh, geo-targeting is um, becoming um, a big trend to and overcome geo- language. Geo-targeting means what? Overcoming um, uh, language barriers. Okay. So ge- geo-targeting is um, where campa- where marketers used to do these like huge national campaigns that would cost you more than 20 million. Now you have to kind of zone into sort of. Uh, different regions or cultural diversity and address and speak to people in that ter- uh, terminology. All exciting, all complicated, big challenges. Maybe that's why there are people like yourself there <laughs> who sorted out. Shereen Jafta, uh, integrated media specialist at uh, Kakiso Media. Thanks for your time. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, tweet, uh, tweet or Facebook the, the article that you've, you've put together. And if there's any further comments, you can just put them down in point form. We'll gladly share that. Thank you. Right, Thank here we you. are. Thank you so much for your time.